What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am your co-host, Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, and Tom Strange. What's up, guys? Did you have a good weekend? No one? Yes, we did. We did have a good weekend. I, Thanks uh, for asking. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Um, I really don't care, but neither <laughs> the listeners. So I will say I, I survived. I did it. Memory guess is over. We're on to the rest of the year. 11-day stretch is over. 17 of the last 18. Not that anyone was counting. It's over. I got the next two days off. So let's oh, fucking man. let's fucking drink. You're ready to go. Man, oh. I mean, you had perfect weather for it. Yeah, so a quick, quick shout-out, quick brag <laughs> session here. Foundry Golf Club, we killed it this weekend. The weather was perfect, which we didn't control. But it was 70-something and sunny all weekend. Scott Malden, our superintendent, had the golf course in perfect shape. Greens were running 14 Holy and firm. God. Fairways were perfect. Bunkers were great. And, you know, my golf staff, our food and beverage staff, we uh, we just killed it. So I thought it was a very low-stress event for us. Glad it's over. But it went well. It was fun. It was tiring. Um, but, again, to everyone at the Foundry and to all of our members listening, thanks for playing. And all of our staff, kudos on a job well done. So. Yeah. It's a uh, a lot of pride for us to put on that event every year and show it off. And, you know, it helps that us at the Foundry the Management, we've now been there for quite a while. So we can run portions of that in our sleep without really having to talk to each other about it. No meetings leading up. Just one quick conversation. And everyone just knows what to do. So it was great. A lot of help from a lot of important people there. And um, couldn't have done it with the whole staff, caddies, outside staff, servers, you name it. So, again, that's just a little brag for, for us at the Foundry Golf Club. and. Uh, we're, we are glad it's over. So Scott, um, Scott Malden put a posted, a, a I think he posted a video on either Instagram or Facebook, um, of the 18th green. And if, if you guys, I mean, every, everyone here, but the listeners, if you have not been to the foundry, um, you should try to get out there. Uh, if you, if you're lucky enough to know somebody, but the 18th, the 18th green, the 18th setup, the clubhouse is, a you know, almost a 200 year old clubhouse, but the view they've got the fighting Creek that runs in between the 18th green and the putting green and the clubhouse. I mean, that picture that he sent or that he yeah, posted was, it was insane. cool. We had a uh, no, you know, hashtag no free ads on this pod, but we had a, a apparel vendor out and they brought a big tour bus RV, had a shopping spree for the members, had a kegerator on it, TVs, music, uh, rooftop party deck, for registration day, practice round day, so all the players get to go through and pick out a package. It just was a really cool experience for them, and um, it was awesome. That's cool. Uh, One day I'd like to play in that. <laughs> One day I'd like to play in a member guest. I would too. It'd be, yeah. It seems like it'd be awesome. Yeah, Especially if it was like, if it was run if it was run by me and just fucking killed, then it would be really good. If, if you could play in your own member guest that you run, it would be great. So I actually, actually, I take that back. I actually did. This is a real quick story. I actually did play in the Foundry member guest one year. My first year at the Foundry when I was an assistant. Mm. And we were. This was back when our format was match play. We had a member in the championship flight throw his back out or his knee or something on the driving range 15 minutes before the tournament started. Oh. And so the head pro at the time looked at me and said, Mike, get your sticks. You're playing. You're taking his spot. It's a championship flight. So everyone was around scratch low low single digits 
Ralph, was match, match Ralph said that, or was no, it? This was this was when Tim Dale was there. Tim Dale was there. Okay. So Ralph was still in assistant at the time, and Tim's like, "Mike, get your sticks. You're playing because it's match play. We didn't want someone playing against Par." And I balled out, boys. I, <laughs> there was some guys that were really ticked off, and I think I shot like 67, 69, just wax everyone. And then we got to the final match. Two teams were undefeated, and playing against Randy Milligan and Jay West. Were you one down, of them? What's that? You were you y'all undefeated as well. We were undefeated. This is the window flight to go into the shootout. So I, we went really four really, I cannot believe you actually are now the man in charge. As far as you That's right. Okay. So the match is all square on the last hole. We were playing 18 at the foundry. My partner and I, Sammy Twiggs, who's actually now a member at the foundry, we both hit it inside 10 feet for birdie. So we're like just looking at our chops, like, okay, here we go. We're gonna win this thing, go to the shootout. Jay West gets up the other guest of Randy Milligan and holds it from like 120 yards to win the match on 18. Are you serious? Which was probably a good thing because if I ended up winning the <clears throat> member guests, it probably wouldn't have been a good thing. But anyways, yeah, that was my my quick story. So what's everyone drinking? Um, I am drinking uh, a little Sazzy, a little Sazerac rye tonight. Oh, there you know. Mm-hmm. What is that? I can't do rye's. Mm. Come on, man. Get on the train, man. It's the next okay. big thing. It's the hey, next you, big thing. Look, I, it's, you, it's you, actually it's actually really good. Little different, little different aftertaste, but really good, really good uh, whiskey. It's it's good. So it's a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It's rye. It's a rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Tom, what are you drinking? Good. I'm on. You know, same old, same old. Bullet. Bullet. Love it. Bullet. Can't go wrong. I don't stray. McLean, what you know? Stick PBR. to what you know. PBR. I'm back on the grapes tonight. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh no! Oh no! And two brute. Taking it easy though. Still just very, very slow maintain here for the podcast. No, there was no pre gaming that took place tonight. You know, I, I come to you guys fresh and you know ready to give input. I love it. Is that was it? A, was it a blend? A cab? What do you have? A little Pinot Noir. Okay. All right. I am drinking um, some Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series Limited Edition from 2020. Oh, the 2020 is nice. The 2021 is good. They came this out is- with the 2021, the the wood the wood finish series, and it is supposed to be super good. But that that's the 2020 was great. So that's why yeah. everybody jumped on that 2021. Um, I yeah, didn't. I did stuff. not. I did not buy it. A, a buddy and. I went to uh, to the ABC store together went because we've got this little app that tells you when like new stuff arrives and we showed up and I was there to get something else. And the the lady behind the bar said, we've got this new, you know, uh, makers here. Do you want this? And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't want it. And sure enough, like a week later, I see all these posts of these people who bought it and they're like, oh, this stuff is great. You should get it. And of course, I went back and they're like, oh, no, this stuff is gone. So, oh, well. Yeah, this was a gift um, for my brother for my birthday last year, and I, I haven't got too aggressive drinking it. I kind of want to make it last a while, yeah. but it is a uh, it good is good. Move. Good move. It is that good. stuff's good. You guys, when so how long after you open a bottle of bourbon, like will that still be good? Jay, Mike? I think it. Uh, you know, again, I'm. <laughs> I don't let them sit too long, but (laughs) (laughs) that's probably my fault. But no, I think, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. You know, once it's opened at a certain point, it probably loses a little bit, but. 
I think it's quite a while. I think it can go yeah. quite a while. Yeah. It's like you got a really nice, you don't want to just crush it, right? You kind of, it's a sipper and special occasions. You want to make yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, yeah. wine's a way, it's a completely different animal there with that little bit of oxygen in there. It, 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 it can turn quickly, but bourbon's a little different, I think. Yeah. I, t- I think somebody sneaks into my cabinet and drinks it when I'm not looking because every time I go in there, I'm like, where did it all go? <laughs> you putting it in your you putting your kids' lunch boxes again? I, you know they, they are really good students when they you know they're a little chatty when they have it, but they're good students. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding for the listeners out there. I don't give my kids alcohol. <laughs> not every not every day. I mean, just some days. Just hard drugs. <laughs> uh, Tom's three kids are unbelievable kids. They're. Knuckleheads. We were at they're, the. Uh, they are great, and they're great kids. We had some checkups today, like the yearly uh, physicals for Henry and Sarah Grace, so eight and seven. And I mean, just you know, you know, people say I would love to be a fly on a wall, like I was. I was sitting there with them, and this pediatrician is out of the 1950s. Like he is. <laughs> like, he's so great. like I mean, we've been lucky to have him since day one with all three of them, and he's he's awesome. But. uh just the dialogue between them is, I mean, you can't make it up. You know, he's asking questions and they're giving these stupid answers. And he, <laughs> you know, he, he, I mean, he, think it, he gets it all day long, right? So he's getting this yeah. garden from these kids all day long. So he just knows how to just roll with he's it. A, he's a professional. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, that age group, they're, they're funny. They give you some responses that you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, how did, where did that come from? Your so I will brain. say this. They did call me out a little bit because I, I don't drink milk. I think, I mean, I personally don't, I think, anyway, that's my own opinion, but we're the only, you know, species that drinks another, you know, animal's milk, which is, kind of to, which is great to me. That, weird. I, think it's, I think it's very weird. weird. So Henry drinks a ton of milk. It's great. The other two do not. Um, so the doctor's always like, you know, you guys good milk drinkers. And they're like, nope. And Sarah Grace is like, I drink it in my cereal. He's like, well, you're not drinking that. She's like, sometimes I do. I was like, okay. <laughs> like this is true. You know, and then she pipes up. She goes, dad thinks it's gross because we drink other animals milk. And then he just looks at me. I'm like, well, it's kind of true. You know, like she's just calling me out. Like, okay, are we done? Can we go? You can't, now? Like, you can't hide anything. No. Yeah. Anything. 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 All right. Ready to talk some golf? Yep. Has or anyone we, played any or, golf? Or we can keep talking milk. I mean, whatever you guys want to do. No. Who um, thinks a big milk drinker on tour? <laughs> Jordan Spieth. Jason Kokrak. The bullfrog is a big milk drinker. Whole milk, too. He definitely goes full test. Jordan Spieth warms his shit up before he drinks it. I bet he's in the microwave for like nine. A cup or a bottle. When Get one of those drinks. bottle warmers. Yeah. Carries on tour. That's great. Kokrak. I, can see, I can see Kokrak before he goes to bed getting a. Big old like double deuce of milk and just, being, just pouring it down his throat. You know, like he, he probably still has a milk man. He drinks it out of the big glass jugs. Totally. And you know what? Like he makes milk cool. Like it, you know, he, he makes it look good. I, but Jordan Spieth, now nah. like who the question should be, who would look cool with a milk mustache? And it's not Jordan Spieth. I'll tell you that right now. No. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin with the beard. Uh, well, Dustin, wait, nobody knows where the hell he is. So yeah. We'll get to him in a little bit, maybe. But let's talk some golf. We had the AT&T Byron Nelson this weekend at TPC Craig Ranch. Uh, K.H. Lee is your winner from South Korea. First win in something like 80, 80 events. 
I saw all of like three shots this weekend with the tournament. So um, it was a birdie fest. I think he, what would he win at 24 under 25 under. We had kind of previewed that last week. Our pronostication was correct that it was going to be kind of easy. Uh, they had ball in hand. It was some rain, just, you know, something that doesn't entertain me anyways, <laughs> but Sam Burns was up there again, played well. Yesterday, they just had some horrendous, horrendous weather. They tried to get it in. They moved tee times up, double T start, threesomes, and then get rained for a few hours and had to come out late, finish last couple holes. I mean, they were squeegeeing. I saw videos of them squeegeeing greens, the line of putts while people were still playing, like coming in between worst putts. Case scenario. Worst case scenario is that like, you know, a normal tour week is like, all right, you know, we really don't want to go to a Monday finish. But yeah. the week before a major, yeah, yeah, it's, you cannot go to. They it. were doing anything they can to get that. In Guys are going to W yesterday. Roll, so it was, and like, they were doing whatever they could, whether it was championship conditions or just playable, ooh, which will also get little, to uh, teaser something, something about about that coming up. But uh, what were your thoughts? Since I didn't really see much of it, so <clears> I know <throat> Sam Sam Burns played well again, had the lead. I mean, he was he what he shot twenty two under. And shot 69-70 on the weekend and yeah. really just got lapped. And, I mean, that's about as high as you're going to shoot a, a golf course like that, the way it was playing. I mean, didn't he shoot something like 17 under going into the third round or yeah, something? Yeah, 65-62. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy's obviously playing some incredible golf. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of thought about picking him last week during DraftKings. I'm not playing Monday morning quarterback. But my honest thought and the reason why I didn't is because – you know, I just think it's very tough to follow up a win, especially a first-time win. Um, you know, I think there's always going to be that little bit of a hangover. And he obviously showed that, you know, he's got the game in the guts to come out and still be competitive and that he wants to win and that maybe he's a little bit more comfortable in that position than any of us could have ever actually thought. Um, you know, I think he played fantastic golf tournament. I don't think there's anyone that can look at what he did and fault him for not winning this golf tournament. When you put yourself in contention on the PGA Tour after your first win, I think that's an accomplishment in its own right. So, you know, I I wanted to, and I, I may eat my words again next week, I wanted to pick him this week. Um, and I'm not trying to get into my picks, but, you know, just getting back to Sam Burns. Um, I think he hits the ball a little bit too high to be a factor at the PGA, but uh, I look forward to seeing what he has the rest of the year. Definitely has a ton of confidence right now. McLean, that's just a great point, man. And I don't think that I've ever heard anybody really talk about that because, you know, they talk about your first win. When I say they, I mean the, the golf media talks about your first win and the hangover. And, and you know, we definitely, as fans, give those guys, you know, a, a weeks to kind of recover, right? Oh, he's come his first, first time back since he won a month ago. You know, that's kind of the norm. But, like, the guy that wins shows up the next week and kind of just is like back to business. In my opinion, that says something. That says something about, you know, his character, his mindset. Um, you know, it wasn't this, you know, oh, I won, you know, let's go to Disney World kind of bullshit, right? He's like, let's refocus. So that's yeah, a great yeah. point. I've, I've never thought about it like that. So yeah, it's very, very business like. You see a lot of guys, you know, WD the next week because they're going to party and they just have a, a mental and emotional letdown. And they're kind of spent from it all. So yeah, that's. I mean, if you want to say he could, he could be almost be disappointed with a first, second finish, you know, if that's possible. But yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive. Well, yeah, I think the, it also. <clears throat> sorry, Jay. I think it uh, also speaks to 
the fact that you know these guys are getting more intelligent over the years. They're not making a lot of the same mistakes that we've seen guys over the years make. And he really just, he, I think he's looking at it as I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. I was going to, I was going to touch on that. Exactly. You know, he's probably got some good people in his corner that are telling him, Hey, you know, you're playing well. And, and I know you want to you know hang back and, you know, celebrate this, this big win, but you're playing well, let's stay focused. And let's keep going for three, four weeks. And then, you know, once things dies, die off or you have a, a little break, then you can go home and celebrate the win. But when you're playing well like that, you got to ride it. You know, you got to ride because it just doesn't. So it, right? it comes in spurts, you know, it's, I mean, in, unless you're one of the top five guys on the planet, which he, he could be that guy at some point, but he's still gaining confidence. But when you when you got the momentum rolling like that, you've got to get out and you got to play and you got to be focused and you got to play your best golf because it, it does come in spurts. You're going to make, you're going to make the majority of your money in like three to four weeks on the PJ tour. Um, you're going to, if you've got those, you know, that you maybe you get a win, maybe you get a second, another top five, you're going to have like these four or five weeks that you can just kill it. Um, and the rest you may, you may miss a couple cuts. You may, you know, finish 20th, 30th, but you're going to make your most money finishing the top five. Um, so if you're playing good, you got to stay focused and take advantage of it, um, which is good. It's cool. Cause it sounds like he's got somebody in his corner. And I, I think looking back, I remember he had that great finish at the Honda a couple of years ago and he played with tiger. Well, didn't he play with tiger in the final yeah. round and tiger kind of took him under his wing after I was like, look, dude, you got all this, you've got the skill set. Everything's there. You know, and they I mean, can beat Tiger, right? Yeah, he beat him that final round. But it's like, you know, to have somebody like that, Tiger tell you as a young, as a young uh pro, only one or two years, and, and it, he was like almost a Monday qualifier that week, I think, or something weird. Like, yeah, I'm not even sure he, he was, had full status he, at that. He wasn't point. he didn't have full status, but to, to play with Tiger, beat him, the greatest player of all time, to say, Hey, you've got what it takes. I mean, what what else do you need? Like, what what else do you need to validate your skill set or your you know or what 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 kind of tools you have? Like, it's I think talk about um, taking a weight off your shoulders and playing with a playing with Tiger and have him give you the that type of you know comment. It's like, all right, man, I got this. You know, it just it makes you it just calms your nerves. And you're like, hey, let's do this. I I can do it. Jay, what's what what is that like? You know, because I've never won at, you know, I've won my club championship like 10 years ago. But um, like, talk to us. But what is that truly the, the not let down, but like, so you win, right? Mm-hmm. So say you win a tournament, um, doesn't matter what week, you just great week you win. Like, what is that emotional roller coaster like? So obviously super high to the next couple of days. And especially knowing that, like, I got to go play the next week. Yeah. Like how, what is that like? How, how do you, how do guys do that? No, that, you know, it's funny that you said that's a, that's a great question because there is, you have to, you have to balance your expectations. You know, you come off a win and you're playing on a a certain type of a certain course, maybe that fits your eye. You've got a good game plan. Um, You know, there's a lot of different variables and that's, what's incredible about these guys that you see like a tiger to go from week to week to week or Rory, and they win on different golf courses in different areas, and they still win. That just—I don't think people understand how absolutely incredible it is to go, you know, Tiger going from winning in Tory on you know on that golf course with that type of grass, and then 
you know, at the end of the West coast swing and then flying to Florida and then winning at the, whatever event was right after, you know, Tori, you know, it, my point is you go from one course to the next, completely different, completely different grasses, different wins, different setup, everything's different. And you still can win and dominate that just you're talking about, you're just talking about the, like your, the actual I, outside I, elements. Like think yeah, about the I'm, well, I'm, 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 yeah, no, that's a great point. I'm talking about the outside elements, but then also the internal elements for me when I, and again, this is not the same level as these guys, but it was when when I won a tournament and then go into the next week. It was it, I I rarely did the I did not do the hardcore. I was kind of more in the the uh, what we were talking about McLean. Like I was like, man, I'm playing good. Like I'm ready to go. I wanted to get ready for the next tournament because I wanted to win two in a row. I wanted to win three in a row. So I was not in that mentality. To like let's I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up all night and party and hang out. I was like, man, I'm playing good. Let's go. I'm ready to I'm ready to hand. beat everybody's beat everybody's ass. You know, so that was me. You know, I, I, some guys need to have that release to let it go and then you know refocus. But that that wasn't the way I was. It was more of a relief. You know, when you it's such a stressful week when you're in contention. Um, and again, I don't think we talk about that. Not we but even the media, I don't think they talk about that enough, especially if you're like a wire to wire winner or you're always in contention. Like it is, it weighs on you. Like you, we you imagine play. like there'd be a great psychological study. If they could do that, Jay, that'd be oh. awesome. take a guy like, and, and, and plug him up to all the oh. gadgets and all this shit. If you could truly like monitor a guy through the week and if you know, some crazy way you could get the guy on Thursday morning, that's going to win. That would be fascinating. Like hook him up to one of those, you know, like all brain the scans to all see that. what the brain activity is. I mean, you would be surprised. I mean, it, they've got to be firing on all cylinders. I bet I mean, it would be unbelievable. I mean, you know, there's a few exceptions. I think, you know, if you do it more and more and more, you get a little bit immune to it, like a Tiger and Rory and Jack and Arnie, these guys who dominated. But that'd be fascinating before, to see where they go. Where, did, before, where does everybody go? Where does a winner go on back nine Sunday? When I say where do they go, like where do they mentally, go mentally? Mentally, where do they go? Where does it go? Because you can you can see like Tiger goes in a certain spot. You can you know we all know you can remember where Jack kind of went. Where aren't you know, like it'd be that'd be really cool if you could somehow. I think it'd just be cool if like I know. I mean we're, it, that's like, almost impossible what we're talking about, but like so last week they had that Whoop band. You know that yeah. a lot of these guys are wearing. They were yeah. showing Rory's heart rate on occasion, what it was, certain yeah. shots, which was interesting. That's why I would love them. To, we've talked about this a few times, miking up players. Let's just, I want to hear what their conversations are like Thursday afternoon with their caddy. And then what happens Sunday afternoon with their caddy and kind of compare what's, what's going on. How has that player changed or has he changed just for one, from a heart rate standpoint and two from, you know, well, you a conversation Mike, standpoint. Yeah. Mike's will never, I don't think Mike's will ever happen. And, no, you're and right. Players, a, a, a few so guys will do, but not many, but, Whoop! Like, what if there was a whoop? Just a way to monitor their heart rate, their breathing, their oxygen intake, just those stuff like that. Even I wouldn't I, as a, as a player, I wouldn't want that on me because I feel like you'd be thinking about it. I'd be one. I'd be thinking about it too. If there was anything that exposed me, that yeah. that would put a chink in my armor to a to a fellow competitor. They'd be like, "Oh, I know when 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 Jay gets you know if he's two shot lead." his heart rate jumps up. He gets nervous. All right, let's, let's put the pressure on or, you know, Hey, when Jay gets two shots down, he gets super mad and let's, <laughs> let's, 
let's make sure we get up on him because he can't handle it or whatever it is. But I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to know what what's going on internally because but, you know. But don't you think they already do that a little bit? Like, oh I mean, yeah, right. Like I mean, we don't they don't want numbers, but they all know when I see DJ start blinking heavy. I got him. Or when yeah. I see, you know, they, so-and-so. I'm just, that's an example. But I'm like just, a right, poker right. There's I'm no question that you, you, we pay attention to interaction. Like if you're playing with a guy, you can tell by his, his demeanor, how he his talks. Mannerisms. Daddy, his mannerisms. Like you can tell when he's like anxious and stressed. So yeah, you, you, you definitely as a competitor, you play on that. You're like, all right, I got this guy. I can see he's fidgety. He's nervous. Like this is the time that I just play my game and just keep it in fairways keep peppering pins, just hit greens, and then it's he's going to get frustrated. Like match play is a great example of that, and we've talked about that before, but some of these guys just get it when it comes to match play, like a Sergio Garcia. They just – they can really read other players, and they can thrive off of that energy, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, yeah, the Ryder Cup set up. Sevy yeah. was the greatest there was. Yeah, it's such a cool – cool and Sevy, yeah. I mean, you we, we saw a bunch of clips on – on Seve this past past couple of weeks that I, I know people are for saying some stuff about Seve and, and what type of competitor he was in the Ryder Cup. And he and some guys just they get it. They can read other people. And I mean, and especially in match play, when you know you're playing one or two guys, depending on the format, you can you're there in the in the match. You can read these guys, you can see their emotion, you can see the stress, you can see the sweat dripping down their face when they're getting nervous. Like, and that's when you can pounce. Like it's like a, you know, survival of the fittest. You know, you're looking at this guy like, man, I can, I can dominate this guy. I can see him. He's nervous. Um, but it's a again, nice part, right? They say, you know, yeah, stroke play, uh, a 72 hole stroke play is a, it's, it's a long range fight, right? You're, you're, you're fighting at a distance. Whereas mm-hmm. match play, it's a knife fight. You see in the guy, you're looking each other in the eye. Yeah. That's all you care about at that moment. And that's hard for certain people. Like I, I personally have never been good at match play because I, you know, I, I put too much weight in the stuff that doesn't matter, right? If I make double in this hole and my partner makes double, you know, you should be like, well, who gives a shit? Let's move on. But, you know, I'm the guy that's like, oh, man, I just, you know, made double. I should have made, this, you know. But, Maybe that's why I was good at match play. <laughs> but, but you're right, you though. Did, it's you didn't different. make doubles. Oh, no. You're always good about Well, this. no, no, no. I, well, I didn't, you know, I it literally, I, I guess I was, you know, playing with my, you know, my, my dad. He was, uh, he's probably the, ultimate competitor i don't know if i've ever met anyone that's more competitive but and and, but he that's that's how i learned how to play playing these matches with these guys in your group as a kid like are you you're playing this guy beat this guy that you're playing with don't worry about everybody else just beat him and so i that's what i that's how i learned how to play golf was basically match play i didn't even know what stroke play was it was like i'm playing against this guy and this joe schmo just beat these guys and you win you know, so I could watch him and see him and feed off of, off of their energy and, you know, but it was, you know, it's, it's different. They're definitely different, uh, different formats for sure. And that's why they're fun. And we've had this discussion on previous pods, but you know, you know, how, how often do we have these team matches and, and things like that, but the match play events. And, you know, if you find the right event, it's hard to beat the, the Ryder cup. And I think a lot of it just has to do with playing for your country and, and how important it is. That's what makes it, that's what makes it so exciting. Uh, I want to do a deep dive on the Ryder Cup later this year, kind of sure. a, as our preview event for it, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get a uh, Captain Strange back on to talk about his experiences and mm-hmm. um, as a player and a captain. I think that would be yeah. be fascinating. If he's still talking to us by then, would be a miracle as well. But 
was kind of obligated to talk to one of well, I mean, not really, but you know, <laughs> morally. <laughs> <laughs> but here's another topic that kind of brought up this weekend. I, I apologize. We haven't said like a word about KH Lee, but congrats, pal. Great plan. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about the guy, and I didn't watch the tournament, so I have a hard time commenting. You know, I thought the coolest part. So, I, me too. I didn't know anything about him. Um, I thought his he he speaks not great English, but in his interview, like he spoke it in English, and he tried, and he it was I thought it was awesome. Yeah, um, tip of the cap for doing that. I love that. I mean, I thought which was so cool is that so KJ Choi, who is his idol, was there, met him on the green, and they had this super cool moment. And I just what's so. To me, what's what I love so much about their culture is their respect for their elders. Yeah. And do you see how do you see him bow? Yeah. So I love him he stepped back and he bowed to him. I just I, I, I thought that was what like was KJ Choi doing there? Anybody know? Yeah, no clue. Because he's not playing anymore, right? Um, he's still playing. Play? Is he? He's absolutely yeah. playing. He First of all, he looks like he could still kick the shit out of anybody. Yeah. Like, he's still a stick. Yeah, he's a he's thick, man. He's he's power a power lifter. He was yeah, a nationally was. ranked power lifter in Korea, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I just thought that was just a, a cool moment um, between them. And I don't know, like, you know, yeah, we don't, you know, the American golf, you know, fan base doesn't know enough about this guy. But uh, if you but, play no, I, I agree. I mean, I, and we talked about this in my, my, again, my, my college roommate was, was from Korea and just like just one of the nicest human beings on the planet, just the utmost respect for just another individual. And, and especially, you know, he definitely paid his respect to respects to his elders. And that's kind of the way that that at least again, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn, but that was the impression and that he gave me when we roomed together in college for the first year that it was like, Hey, he's older than me. You know, you got to, be respectful of your elders. And I was like, yeah, I, I should probably do that too. <laughs> Charles was good too, by the way. Yeah. So, so just look it up. KJ is on the senior tour, but he lives in Dallas, Texas. There you go. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, he missed the cut last week at three under par. And it shows that obviously being around living in Dallas, he didn't have to travel back. Um, yeah. He made the, he made the appearance back mm -hmm. out. And the thing that I also thought was kind of cool. I don't know if you guys noticed this, um, but taking it one step further, a lot of the other Korean players were there to wish him. But KJ, being the so-called you know top of their heap or the great one or however you want to call it, however they view it, the best player maybe in their history, um, you could tell they all gave him their from respect. the male like, side. KJ yeah. goes at, from the male side. KJ goes out first, and all the other guys behind him uh, kind of waited back. But I, it was really cool to see everyone kind of get there and gather for you know KH yeah. being his first win. Um, he's played a lot of good golf and, uh, you know, it's always cool to see someone break through. I mean, I think just real fast on Korean golf, obviously they're, they're a golf crazed nation with a, a good handful of guys in there that are good golfers on the PGA tour. But I mean, it really, you'd almost say that Sari Pak is the one that really kind of started that craze on the LPGA tour. And they have a ton of studs on the LPGA tour from, from South Korea, um, which the women are in, uh, in Virginia this weekend, they're at Kingsmail, the LPGA tour. So right. all the stomping grounds. I'll be uh, I'll be down there on Wednesday. Actually, I'm going down there tomorrow, playing in the pro am on Wednesday. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I'm taking my girls. I think we're gonna go Sunday. Um, take my girls down and watch some of the LPGA Sunday afternoon. So that'll be fun. That's awesome. I um I played in like a charity event this past year um out there and I had you know, Tom, I know this is where you grew up playing golf. So um, I, I'd love to hear your comments on it. But 
What a cool, I mean, it's, it's a cool golf course. You know, I mean, my memories of it are the Michelob, you know, championship. I don't know. Was it the Michelob championship? What, what was the actual name? It was the Michelob yeah, championship. Michelob, yeah. Michelob. Yeah. Um, I think exactly right. yeah. But, um, but the, the finishing holes there are so cool, you know, 16, 17, 18 are awesome holes. You're right there on the James river. I mean, it was, it was a cool event. I mean, that was really the only event in Virginia that was a PGA tour event for the longest time. So, um, that was, that was, you know, some of my earliest memories of it actually, actually was the first professional that was the first professional golf tournament that I ever went to was the Michelob. Um, and it was when we were, we were in college and I came, we came and stayed at your house. That was the first time I'd ever been to was college. uh, yeah, I was a freshman in college. I went. I was my first. Well, I take that back. I went to the Masters with my my dad when I was in when I was fourteen. But oh, other, yeah. than that, like, other than that one, other than that one, yeah. But I mean, that was like Masters the first. The Michelob. Yeah, no, really. But I mean, I hadn't been to. I mean, hardly any prof- Not even just golf, but just professional events as a whole. I mean, we didn't have. There's no professional baseball in Central Virginia. Oh. There's no basketball, and mm. the only football team was were the Red. Redskins and I hadn't been to a, a Redskins game at that point. I, I actually, that was the second professional event that I'd ever been to. And one was the masters and the next one was the Michelob, but it was, it was super cool uh, watching all those guys. It's great course. It was, it's a, such a cool setting, but we talk about how hot, you know, the James river shoreline could get in July. Mm. It's the hottest place in America. Thank you. Thank you. See people that haven't been there have no idea, but like, I remember a year when I was growing up. So we grew up, I grew up living in Kingsmill. I remember a year that it got, I mean, it was always, you know, over a hundred heat index. It was, it was a particular year that they stopped play because the heat index got so high. People were dropping like flies, like walking through the, just in the gallery, everybody just passing out from like heat exhaustion. They finally stopped it. It is one of the most humid places I've ever been in my life. I don't know what it is, but it is bonkers. We always seem to have our... River. So our section so shallow right there. Yeah, our section championship um, is always held in August most years, and it's in it's in Williamsburg a lot because there's a couple clubs down there, Kingsmill being one of them that has multiple courses. We always hosted on a course with thirty minimum of thirty six holes, and oh, man, like we had it down at Golden Horseshoe last year in August, and it is just oh, I mean, you, I'm, I got like three towels going. One's a wet towel, <laughs> one's a cold towel, one's a dry towel. It is, you know, gloves hanging on the car and the it's steering like, it's wheel. It's like in the rain. Yeah. Like, it's truly like people that, you know, so somebody listening, I don't know if we have any listeners that, you know, maybe you're in, you know, the Northeast or the somewhere that it's not as humid. Like you have no idea. It's literally like playing in a downpour. You cannot keep anything dry. Okay. So that kind of takes us to our next topic that we were going to discuss because on Sunday with that heavy downpour uh, yesterday in Dallas, I mean, it was heavy. There was greens just flooded squeegees out there to get play done what's your least favorite condition to play in cold really cold weather really rainy weather or really windy weather or really hot weather add add really hot to that i'd say all three of those to combined is the worst one cold cold, rainy and wet cold and or rainy yeah so I so I played in where you can't wear your when your rain if you wear your rain suit you just get even hotter. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Good. Okay, take them all so, individually no. though. Take them all individually, not combine any of them. Yeah. What's your so, list? But the, I mean, they all suck. 
I mean, <laughs> oh. I mean, I would rather wind's terrible because you, you just feel like you don't have any control of your ball. Rain is uncomfortable because you're constantly trying to stay dry and cold is miserable because you have to waste, wear so many layers that you, you can't make up your rhythm gets messed up. You can't swing. Um, so actually my, one of my least favorite rounds or my, it's not my worst round. Cause I played, I thought I played great, but it was at second stage of Q school. Uh, this is four years ago at TPC Craig ranch. I played decent the first couple rounds. I think maybe it was four or five under par, but the next day was going to be bad. This is in November, and the weather forecast was 35 to 36, freezing rain, um, and like 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, which, I mean, 15 mile an hour winds and 35 degrees in rain, like it doesn't get much worse than that. What's that? That's duck hunting weather. Yeah, it was terrible so a buddy of mine chris bucket was caddying for me he had caddied for me the previous three or four times that have been the second stage maybe one of the most positive people that you'll ever he's, meet he's great he is he is That's super you positive. Want when the shit hits a fantasy yeah he is he's great he's a he was a great caddy he knows he knows me he gets he, he's been out there he's a good player too but he's he's caddy for me a bunch so this was um, this was my swan song. This was my last, you know, basically professional event, but needless to say, um, <laughs> the night prior, um, I was looking and I always check the weather. I mean, you know, professional golfers are like, they feel like they're like, you know, meteorologist, meteorologist, you know, they were always looking at the weather, checking everything out, but I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the weather and I'm like 35, it's, you know, rainy 50 mile an hour winds. And I'm like, we need to go to, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods and get some gear because I didn't bring enough. I had my rain suit, but I didn't have like anything else. He's like, he's like, dude, I think, I think you're overreacting. I'm like, I'm not overreacting. I was like, this, it's going to be miserable. He's like, all right. He didn't have a rain jacket. He had nothing. So I get in there and I'm like, I'm looking around. I wanted one of those masks, you know, that you could like a ski mask that you pull up over your face. So I found one of those. I found another like, uh, you know, stocking cap that was better than the one I had. And we got hand warmers and he's like, you are really overreacting. He was like making fun of me. Yeah, pretty much. And he's, he's funny like that. He is like kind of making fun of me. And I, I'm not going to lie when, as I was like explaining it and buying the stuff, I was like, I, am I overreacting? Uh, I was like, it's, I kept saying it's better to be prepared for that. I was like, look, we do Q school once a year. Like, don't, don't be naive and think that, you know, you, you got it covered. So I went and bought all this stuff and I was like, Hey, he didn't have a rain jacket. I was like, I'm going to buy you a rain jacket. Let's find one. He's a big guy. He's six, four. I was like, we need to find a double extra large rain jacket. And he was like, he's like, all right, man, fine. He's like, I'll take it if you're going to get it, but I don't really need it. And the next day we get on the first tee and he had, this rain jacket, he had the string pulled so tight, I couldn't even see. His mouth was covered, his eyes were covered, and it was like the smallest hole. And I was like, I was like, hey, dude, do you still need that rain jacket? And he started, he just just lost it. He just bust out laughing. But it was, it was that was one of the worst rounds I ever played. The first hole, we we teed off on 10, which is a long par four. If anybody watched the event this week, it's long. I it was the first hole. I duck hooked it left into the hazard, made a double, and then shot 73 after that. I thought I played 
incredible golf for the, the conditions. Um, and my only mistake, if you guys are listening and you're playing in fr- close to freezing weather, I went with the rain gloves and said, you know what? Hey, I'll just put the rain gloves on and just let everything get wet and I'll just go from there. Great when it's 65 to 70, but when your hands are wet, oh my God, I couldn't, about four holes in, I could not feel my fingers. I couldn't feel anything. (laughs) It was like the worst, it was the worst decision that I've ever made. And, but I I will say that I, I was able to continue to play and hit the golf ball, but you know, you do not use your rain gloves when it gets below 50 degrees and just go with it because you you're it's it's going to be miserable. It's too cold. Because those, those things only work best viewers. when they're soaking wet. Or to our yeah. listeners. They, they work their best when they're soaking wet, but when you throw the freezing element on top of it, yeah. oh, I, I just had I had no no feel, nothing. I'll tell you why their story it has nothing to do with golf. It was the most miserable I've ever been, yet it was one of the most memorable nights of my life, and it was so fun at the same time. 2013 Sunday night football. You know how long ago that was? Oh, you were watching the Patriots. I was in Gillette Stadium at Foxborough. It was Brady versus Manning when Manning was with the Broncos. Sunday night football. It was this, I can't remember if it was Sunday before or Sunday after Thanksgiving. And oh. it was like 10 degrees with 40 mile an hour wind gusts. <laughs> It was with the wind with the wind chill. It was one of the coldest games. It was like negative fifteen with the wind chill. It was one of the coldest games ever in Foxborough. It was again Sunday night. So eight thirty game. I have never worn so much clothing in my life. All you could see was my eyes. I had things up over my face, my nose. I had hooded sweatshirt on with a beanie and then a hooded jacket. Hand warmers. I had hand warmers shoved everywhere. That's not fun. That's not fun. We get into the stadium. Oh, here's we were parking the tailgate. Luckily, we had a, a sweet pass a tailgate in the. Let's just, remind, let's just remind everybody you paid to do this. Yeah. No, actually, no, no. These are these are free tickets. These are yeah. unbelievably free tickets on like yeah. the 15 yard line, like 10 rows up. So, yeah. and we get the tailgate in the bubble, Patriots practice bubble. Well, that's nice. So we get we have to be outside tailgating, but as we were driving into the parking lot, the parking lot was empty. A porta potty was moving across the parking lot. <laughs> And I said, I said to the guys I was with, my brother-in-law and, and my father-in-law and, and a friend. And I was like, please tell me someone's on the other side of that, like moving it. Nope. It was the wind was so strong. It was moving a porta potty across. The yes. <laughs> we, we go to the stadium. Of course, we all get some beers. And in a matter of five minutes, there was ice forming in our beers. It was so cold like oh. that. It was unbelievable. And then. At halftime, the Patriots were down 24 to 3. And we're looking at each other like, I'm out of here. Really? What's should we leave? Anyways, long story short, they win in overtime. Unbelievable. Come back. Did you, did you stay? We did stayed stay? the whole time. Not a boy. I went fucking bonkers. Yeah. I bet you did. Of course, because your teams always win. So I also I also drank like eight hot chocolates in the second half. <laughs> I'm surprised was, I could fit that bandwagon. I that worked the next morning. That's what bandwagon? What bandwagon? Yeah, no, I mean it's not, it's actually not. I know you're from there, and I know you went to Clemson, and it's just it's it's just luck of the draw, I guess. All right, so you want to see the shirt I'm wearing? It's a t-shirt. It's like it's not a bandwagon. He just <laughs> got lucky. It, it says, "Welcome to Boston." Sorry for winning. 
So it's funny. I was, it was a couple of years that like everything, everybody won in his, like the uh, Red Sox won the world series. Patriots won the Super Bowl. Clemson won, you know, national championship, like in the, the same year. Celtics won the NBA championship. Yeah, no, I think Kevin Garnett. Same year. Like Mikey, yeah. how's it feel? He's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're humble. Well, yeah. You know, it's funny. Oh, yeah, right. We're, we're humble up there. I thought about Mikey the other day. I was driving past this car in his neighborhood and the license plate on the back. It was a North Carolina license plate. Just said Boston MA on it. And I'm just sitting there thinking, tell me you're an asshole without telling me you're an asshole. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Hey, don't, don't get me started on Southern hospitality and that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to hear, I want to hear your take on Southern hospitality. You want to hear my take? Okay. Now yeah. I've been in the South since 2003. I graduated yeah. high school. Hey, just remember before you keep going, we've got. Uh, just think of our listeners. If you if you take a side, that's exactly why can, I'm saying this. We could lose fifty percent of our, our no. listeners. No, because the people that listen to this listen to our drunk asses curse all the time, so they've got some thick skin, so they're fine. We've already lost we'll the people that can't stomach us. So I love it. Tell me, tell me. I want to hear. I want to hear the I'm the fired up now. of southern hospitality. <laughs> It's a load of crock. It's fucking <laughs> bullshit. Right? So, yes, you guys are really nice to people's faces. And then as soon as that person turns their back, you guys cuss them and tell all this kind of shit. And they're the worst person in the world. But in Massachusetts, we just say fuck you to your face and we're the assholes. No. Let's see. Passive you aggressive are... southern hospitality. Yeah. Okay. All, yeah that's on, all it is. <laughs> okay. I'm going to just Jay. Like, I mean, he's right. Let's just be honest. He's, he's right, okay? That's, he's not wrong. Bless your exactly heart. We, okay. Yeah, well, bless your so, heart. Not, not oh, on yours y'all. thing, but like, Oh, yeah. y'all, how y'all doing, guys? Yeah. How y'all oh, doing? so sweet. Shut the fuck up. And then when that guy walks away, he's like, <laughs> Hey, guess what? I'm not going to hold the door open for you because I don't like you. So open it yourself. Just be a better member of society. You're wrong, man. Just be a decent member of society. Put your shopping cart back. Fucking hold doors for people. That's just being a decent member hey, of society. Hey, I will say this. I say this all what? the time. The people I mean, in, in South Boston, we- the people in the Northeast are more genuine. They are real people. What they say and feel and do is real. It's not that real down here. It's not real. I mean, that's uh, that, that's easy with genuine. That. I mean, genuine is, you know, genuine. Can be good or bad. You're genuinely an asshole. You can be genuine. Exactly, but we are real. Genuine means real, authentic. True. Someone could be genuinely nice, but then just saying someone's genuine doesn't mean they're nice. Exactly. That's a good point. Very good. Very good. You're 100 percent right. You know, it's not on thing about this, and we also like in the South. We'll we'll just bring up like something that's not even relevant to the situation. So some guy you'll see. So oh yeah, hey honey, nice to see you. Uh, how's your mom? Oh, she's great. Okay. Walk how's off. your mom, man? The walk off, the walk off, and they'll be like, you know, his brother's in rehab, right? Like, just out of the blue. Like, what's that got to do with anything? You know, like, why? why? That's what we do. Tell me I'm wrong. We do. They'll be like, oh, that's correct. Dude, I heard that. That is correct. Where did he go? That he's down there in Fort Lauderdale. I hear you down at that nice place. It's like $100,000. Dude, be sure. You know? Right, that's what we do. Fit Jeez. to be tied. I mean, <laughs> we get this bad rap. It's not, for being it doesn't even mean. have anything to do with that. Like, what's his brother got to do with him? If you're in not the mean. inner, if you're in the inner circle, from somewhere in the northeast, oh, you're, you're in there for life, and it's gold. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It, honest, 
it, not nice is not the word. It's honest. When you've got to appreciate somebody who's going to. Yeah. Yeah. So to all of our, to all of our sweet little Southerners, listen to the show, bless your heart, but you're not as nice as you think. <laughs> you know, and we're not I as mean as you think it. either. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, you're right. You know, that's what I always say. You know, I've always told, you know, people that like, um, and when they're worried about what other people think, and it's like, you know what? Most of these people don't give to like when like oh. guys playing golf, they're like, Oh, I don't want to do that because everyone's gonna think this. I'm like, that yeah. most people have their own lives, they don't really care that much, yeah. you know. Yeah, they don't really care that much. I'm 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 being honest with you. Like, just take a take a yeah. breather and like just be yourself because they don't really care. They've yeah. got their own uh, people have their own lives to live and they're gonna do their own thing. So don't worry about it. Just right. Just do your thing. So my grandfather, yeah. who was a Southerner, who Jay knew very well, uh, used to say, look, if we knew how little people thought about us when we think they were thinking about us, we wouldn't worry what they thought about us. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Like, exactly they, 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 right. We don't care. But, yeah, okay. they really – I mean, there's only a few people, let's be honest. There's only a few people that really care that much. And it's like you're – it's like your close Family. close friends and close family. I mean, let's be honest. Like if you have a really, you know, playing golf, let's just say you go double bogey the last four holes and lose a tournament. Like somebody, there's people that they're going to watch it and be like, oh man, he blew it. You know, whatever. I, you know, five minutes, I'm going on to the next hole. Your family's going to be there to try to pick you up and and talk to you. But that those are the only people that really care. And And good or bad, like when you blow it or when you win, like if you win a tournament, Everyone thinks, oh, I've you know, like the guys on the PGA Tour. Oh, I won it. I won the ma- I won a, the uh, the Masters. Oh, this is awesome. Everybody loves me. You know what? Yeah, they they like you for like five minutes. It's fun. We watch TV, but I and they you move know, on. Monday morning, I get up and I got to go to work. You know, I don't care that you won the Masters. Like it's not changing my life. You know, it was fun to watch for three hours, but after that, I don't care. So, you know, you're just another another dude. You know, it. it yeah. I came home son, uh, Saturday. I played golf Saturday after, afternoon and played like shit. And um, this was, you know, this upset as I tend to get when I don't play well. Not in a bad, just in a funky mood. And my father-in-law is staying with us because he eight days ago had, you know, bypass surgery. So he's recovering with us. And um, he's a, you know, a, a wonderful man and he's looking at me complaining about my golf game and he's just got this smile on his face and like he didn't have to say anything i just was like okay i need to stop you know? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's like the man he's just like, had his whole he just had like less than a week ago he had his body cut in half and they were you know had his heart in it. he's like really and, you know so yeah that's that's a perfect sometimes perfect example perspective you know it's not it's not as good as you think it's not as bad as you think somewhere in the middle <laughs> That's right. All right. So that was quite the tangent there, but let's, uh, let's get back to some golf. That was great. It was great. I thought it was great. I, I completely agree with what I said. So (laughs) I thought it was a great take. Um, let's, since we were talking about weather, there was another big kind of weather related story in, in golf that made the waves earlier in the week, last week with on social media. So we're in the midst of NCAA championships in golf. This week going on is the men's regionals. Last week was the NCAA women's regionals. And there was a regional hosted by LSU in Baton Rouge. They got a bunch of weather. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
canceled the golf on Monday, canceled the golf on Tuesday. They come out on Wednesday. And I think I have some of the, most of the story, right? Not raining, but they delayed play. And then the officials come out and say, well, the golf course is not is playable, but not in championship condition. So we are going to cancel the NCAA regionals in the top six teams in their seating automatically advance to nationals and all hell broke loose. So a lot of these girls too, and, it's, and I don't think some people are making this a gender thing. I'm not really sure this is a gender thing. I think this is just the NCAA again, being complete dipshits. Now they, they were some gender things going on in March madness this year. If you saw that with the weight rooms, um, and so they, they do have a history, so it's not like they're immune to, you know, being partisan to men versus women, right? But when you use the word playable, you should be playing golf. I don't care if it's championship caliber. Was was TPC Craig Ranch championship caliber yesterday with all that rain coming down and they're squeegeeing in between putts? No, they were doing whatever they could to get golf in to finish a tournament. The NCAA doesn't have to be a 54-hole event in the regionals. There's rules saying it could be weather short into 36 holes or 18 holes. Let these girls hit, let these women hit a golf shot, please. Right? I mean, we're here to we're here to compete. They already had most of their year last year and the beginning of this year kind of ruined with COVID. There's these seniors that haven't played golf in a couple of years in, in the NCAAs. So let's let them play golf, find a way to do something, shorten some holes to par threes. If you have to, it doesn't matter. They're all competing on the same golf course against each other. Try something. Just do something. Attempt something. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like they right, just right. kind of just threw their hands up and were like, oh, yep, sorry. I think that's disrespectful to the, the, the student, the, I say student athletes, but yeah, I mean, like you said, some of these, some of these, uh, these ladies are, in their senior year, this is their last chance to have a chance to play for at the NCAA finals. It's like make it do what you have do whatever you have to do to make it work. You know they, they've put they've put forth the effort to be a student athlete, and and the NCAA continually talks about student athletes. This is a commercial that that they always play. Only less than one percent of these student athletes will turn pro. Okay, and, he, and they're right. It is tough to turn pro, but. Do whatever you can to give them the chance to fulfill uh, what it is they're working on, you know, and to be a NCAA athlete, let them be that athlete and let them finish their career. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I think that them canceling is a poor excuse. You, you can make it happen. I know it would have been hard. Um, and I know they would have taken extra effort from the staff to make it work. Um, but you should, they should have done it. Yeah. I think it was probably one of the most, egregious infractions or interference that I've ever seen by a ruling body. Um, as they said, the golf course was playable. And as Mike pointed out, everyone's playing the same golf course. Yeah. The fact that you're going to get in there and influence <clears throat> the entire season's outcome for that many teams in that manner, I think is so disrespectful. And I go back to the word interference because that's what I really feels like, feel like it is. It interfered with the, the um, competition aspect of yeah. the entire event. It interfered yeah. with a lot of careers, quite frankly, college careers, which we know that 
uh, a lot of these players, some will go on to play more, but a lot of players' careers ended right there on those stairs. And the fact that they also turned around with their tail in between their legs and didn't address questions from the field and or the coaches just shows what kind of flippant attitude that they really had towards it, that they had no inkling in addressing the concerns of the field, addressing the concerns of the coaches, nor did they have any have any inkling of trying to make it work, which baffles me to the nth degree. I think you're exactly right when you go back to look at this weekend, and I think we have just such a great example, and I think it's somewhat coincidental that it happened in in, in the same week where you have a major tour. The pinnacle of all golf is the PGA Tour. And when we talk about golf being played at the championship level and the course being championship ready, if the PGA Tour can make it work, and I know that their budget and their maintenance crew is a lot bigger, but at the end of the day, I would bet that the conditions on that golf course weren't that much worse or more interfered with because of the amount of rain that that facility's had. I mean, we saw the water gathering on the greens uh, at TPC Craig Ranch. If they said the golf course was playable in any fashion, the girls should have had a chance to go out there and compete. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and like, here's a chance, and I could not agree more. And and I am a big. Uh, how do I say this? How do I be PC about it? Uh, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the NCAA. I think you know the way they go about their business is, is crooked, um, and in so many ways. But like, if this was a Michigan Ohio State football game. Right. You think they would say, oh, the field's not, you know, it's it's playable, but no, they play because there's money. They play well, because there's money exactly. involved. And exactly. And, and, like, and, and for these for these young women, that is that game for them. It, it's not bigger. Right. This is a big deal. So uh, I think it was absolutely in every uh, there will be lawsuits and there should be NCAA it, it, it is blind in so many ways. And we've seen it more over the last probably what? It's just so out of touch. They just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Like, like you said, Mike, how about an opportunity? This is an opportunity for them to actually go the other way. Say, all right, course is a shit show. It's poured rain, but you know what? This is important. I know y'all haven't played in a year and some change. So like, we're no. going to figure it out. We're going to, like yeah. you said, let's turn this, this hole into a par three and we're going to do this and get creative <clears throat> and be a hero opposed to yeah. being. Make it know, happen. Make it like, happen. Be- and so. If you want to make it work, you'll find a way to make it work. If you don't want to make it work, you'll find every reason or excuse to to cancel the event. So we know where where their mindset was there. Players players want to play, right? Players want to play. At the end of the day, yes, everybody wants the golf course to be in perfect shape. And and I'll use a member or guest example for this. Again, obviously a very different scenario than the NCAA regionals. But uh, three years ago, we just had torrential rains leading up to our member guest the first two days of member guest we called off one whole day completely and the last day and and scott malden and i our superintendent we got into a very heated argument he wanted to basically call it off right and i had one more day to get these guys some golf and i said scott i'm sorry i'm overruling you we're playing golf i came up with a crazy cart path only rule at the foundry and at that time we didn't have cart path on every hole and i made it work and we came up with this penalty system anyways they didn't care that the fairways weren't mowed they didn't care that the greens weren't mowed they didn't care that the bunkers were all washed out we made rules we were able to get 18 holes in we were able to crown a champion they were there 
They wanted to play golf and they played. And so at some point, you just have to find a way to do something. If you make it a par 64, it doesn't matter. It's a par 64 for all these women. Make it work. Make it, it work. They don't care if work. the greens aren't mowed or the fairways aren't mowed. They're all Somebody, the same. Same course. That's that seven, eight, nine, ten seed wants to have a chance to play well, beat some of these top seeds in advance, and it could be a monumental thing for some of these women to make all it right. to nationals. All right, hold on. Question. I just 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 hit my brain. You know, like a lightning bolt. Um, where was <laughs> what, what course was what course was this at? Because like. It could have been the listeners where that the club said, you know what, you're going to tear our course up. So we say no. I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's out. I'm just throwing no, out. That, that's right? a good point. That's, that's a good the thing. Point. Like, that's it, a good it, point. I, I hope saying, not. If, and if that's the case, then if that's the case with whatever the host club was, then they, they, they should be faulted for that too. But you're also talking about girls that are carrying their own bag. Like, oh, no. totally. I agree with not you. Like, yeah, I have carts all over the place. Like, my, my yeah. drunk idiots at my place. No, you're exactly right. Sure. Yeah, what 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 impact are they going to make? It was just it was one, and, and the the sad thing is the fact that it's women's golf in a regional. It'll it'll probably get you know swept under the rug, um, but it's just another just blatant blindness of the NCAA. But anyways, yeah, I just think um, you know the NCAA has got egg on their face. Once again, for another incident, um, they're doing themselves zero favors. So, yeah, but let's let's get into um, the PJ Championship. It's major week, boys. We're going to Kiwa. I'm super you know, excited. It's always fun. I love watching live from every night. Should we uh, talk about me and Jay's time that Jay and I played down there again? Or I, I think we we all remember the story. You guys I think we don't remember it. telling it. Okay, well, you know. That was one of the nights you guys overserved yourselves. But for our new was, viewers, awesome. miss that story. Go back to that episode. Yeah. I don't know which one it was, but needless to say, it's the hardest golf course that I've ever played. Yes, hands down. Yeah. So they had they had the 2012 PGA Championship there. Rory McIlroy won by a ton. He was 13 under. Um, Carl Peterson by, played really well there, right? One by eight. It's in the last group. Who was that? Yeah, Carl Peterson. He um, was at four under T3 with Keegan Bradley and Poulter and Rose. And then Tiger was T2 back then. So, yes, historically a very, very hard golf course, especially if it's going to be windy. And when you're sitting there on the Atlantic Ocean, you're not going to completely avoid the wind. There might be periods of days that are quieter than others. And, and this might be one of those events where the Thursday, Friday draw is huge. That can, which I'm not, you know, it is what it is. Every event you, you have to deal with that, but you know, it's going to be luck of the draw, no pun intended there. And to see who, who gets the wind, who doesn't, what's the quiet part of the day. But yeah. So what are your, what are your guys thoughts? I know I've never played the golf course. Um, what, what kind of player do you guys see winning there? Is it a bomber? Is it a ball striker short game? Cause they're going to miss a lot of greens with the wind or what? Bomber. Yeah. I, I mean, go ahead, Tom. If you, you got, you got your, no, I, I just I, I think it's going to be you know my initial thoughts like all right maybe not a bomber maybe somebody that's more precision but that 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 ship has sailed in my opinion like the precision golfer is gone, um, and I it's it's wide open there, right? I, I mean there's no trees but it's it's almost links ish golf but um, yeah so a bomber just I mean if you can bomb it 
and keep it within your spectrum, right? It doesn't have to be in the fairway, but just keep it in your, 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 you know, your frame of reference. Uh, you got, you, you have, you're going to have a better chance than some because it's going to play long, but the guy that's going to win is the guy that's going to be able to be creative. Short game, the wind's going to blow. We know it's going to blow. Those greens are going to get kind of burnt or uh, firm and fast. So you're going to have to have a good short game and you got to be precise and you have to learn, you have to live with some mistakes. It's going to, um, it's going to be very British Open like. Uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be, I, I'm as excited for this major as I've been any for a while. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. I think, you know, sometimes the PGA championship and I guess I shouldn't be saying this as a PGA of America member is maybe kind of the lesser of the of the four or maybe the less the least exciting. And I don't know, that's just because it was the last one and people like, okay, whatever. But I think venue has a lot to do with it. I think sometimes they have picked a couple, you know, kind of lame venues. This one has some juice to it, I feel like, because of the venue. I mean, just just the aesthetics of it on TV is going to be awesome and beautiful, right? It's so different on the ocean and the water and no trees. And, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait. More holes, more holes on the water than any golf course in the Northern hemisphere heard today. That's what I was just trying to lead. say. I mean, I, it's got I about half the holes, number. right? 10 of them. That's Thank incredible. Got Brandel Shambly with all his knowledge. Yeah, I mean, the front nine and back nine, it's funny because you play nine holes with one wind and nine holes with the opposite wind. Um, it's going to be a very interesting test of golf. I mean, it can play as hard as they want it to play realistically. If you tip out all their tee boxes, it's well over 8,000 yards. So they can make it as long as they want to. They have a ton of different tee boxes. I don't think we're going to see anything close to something with an eight in front of it considering if if the wind blows – you can play that golf course at 7,000 yards and it's going to play championship level. Uh, well, Clay, when you say this, that, that makes like the guys doing the setup, it makes it even more imperative, right? They have to do their research and. Oh yeah. You got to know where the, wind, what the wind is yeah, what's that day. Be? Like what, they, is it blowing they, out of the south, yeah. blowing out of the north? You, you, you guys change your, be, change your tea, your tea spots there because of it. But um, it looks like guys, I was looking this morning. It looks like it's going to come out of the east. So the beginning stretch, the first like five holes are going to be into the wind and then like the last five holes are going to be into the wind. The middle holes will be downwind. No, you guys are absolutely correct. And it's one of those situations where, and we're not necessarily talking the USGA setup here with the U S opener of a course getting away from you, but in that venue, mother nature can all of a sudden cause the course to get away from you as something that you could not necessarily forecast when you're on the ocean that way or as close as they are, which is literally right on the ocean you know the yeah. weather can change quickly as we all know i'm from charleston I, I i've seen i've seen how quickly things can change there and the wind that can kick up when you're right there on the ocean when a storm rolls in i mean it it, it can play very much british open style in certain elements and then it also at the same time play a very fun coastal golf course. I mean, it's one of those situations where the big player and the big question of the week is going to be, what does mother nature do? Because that's going to determine the difficulty of that golf course, unless they just steroided out to 8,000 yards with no win. Um, it's a, it's a hard golf course. Any way you look at it, I think it's going to provide a lot of character, a lot of different shots we're going to see played. And I think it's going to be another situation where kind of like we saw at quail, your all-around players are going to prevail. Um, it, it's going to take a very complete player to win on a golf course of that caliber with the the 
forecasted or thoughts of the mother nature influence at the uh, same time. I'm just looking at some stats from 2012 here. It had a 74.6 scoring average. Only 20 players finish in red figures. And during that week, so five of the whole five of the six hardest holes on the golf course were on the back nine. Four of them came in the final six holes, which is just going to be a bear coming down on Sunday did, to play that gauntlet to win a major. Did they have? Um, can you pull up the stats for strokes gained tee to green? Uh, who who led the field strokes gained tee to green? Because I feel like a course like that, it's so hard, and and the wind is blowing. Wind is such an issue. You can, uh, you, there's, there's going to be guys that you can't hit greens. Some of these greens you cannot hit. So you're going to have to rely on your short game. Um, so I, I think I, I'm curious to see what uh, the scrambling stat is and strokes gain T to green. Obviously those are big categories, but um, a putting, I think, I, I hate to say it. I don't think it's non-existent, but I, I just don't. I don't think it's, it's it is as important. I think it's going to come down to guys who can find a way to keep it in play. They're good ball strikers. The more greens you hit, the better. But also the guys who can really get the ball up and down. If the wind, you know, you know, like you said, Mike, it looks like it's going to be blowing out of the east northeast the first two days for about twelve to fifteen miles an hour, and then it, it shifts a little bit um, on Saturday and Sunday, and it gets to the southwest there on Sunday. So. It, it, the wind will change, which will throw a wrench in it, which is actually cool because, you know, we all want to see change and we want to see these guys not struggle, but we want to see them challenged. You know, when you don't want to see the same wind five miles an hour every day, same direction. You want to see it switch. And that's what's great about uh, Kiowa is that you've got the wind in you know, so much wind it's coming from different directions. So it's really going to challenge these guys to, to play good golf. But T to green, you've got the guys who can hit it long. They can hit the more greens they hit, the better. I don't care. I don't care if you're the best, you have the best short game on the planet. Um, if you're missing six, seven, eight greens around and you're getting up and down 60 to 70% of the time, you're going to make a couple bogeys. But if you're hitting, you know, 13, 14 greens around and still getting up and down 60% of the time, you're going to make one and a half less bogeys than the next guy. So I take that guy, you know, that's hitting greens. Um, so I, I definitely agree with that, Jay, you know, you're not going to get by this week just on putting, you can't have no a way. so, so ball striking week no and, way. and make up for it and win or contend just on putting. Well, no, way. I do think, however, there are going to be a number of guys that hit the ball well, and it's going to be one of those guys that puts the best, as we all know, putting sure. is a massive factor in winning a golf tournament. Yeah. Um, that that's going to be that deciding factor. And it's of those top of, five guys that are playing exactly, their best. Yeah. Exactly. No question. And, and they're all going to be that's every strikers. that's every week. That's every no, of week. Course it is. Of yeah. course it is. But I, I just think this is one of those venues where you're not going to get by with putting alone. We all know the guy that puts a little bit better than the other guy that, you know, has similar ball striking week is going to win. I mean, that's yeah. stupid math. We're not, we're not going to sit here and argue any of that stuff, but, yeah. um, or, or even look at the obvious, which it sounds like some of the, what I mentioned was a little bit obvious, but just more of going back to it is that you're not going to get by my, this is really the point I was trying to make. You're not going to get by on putting alone. No. Ball striking is going to be a premium this week. What year did you guys play there? That was before your wedding, Tom. So that was like 2005 or six. Tom, you're muted. Yeah, it was 2000. I think it was 2005. 
2005. Jay, I, I just wanted Jay to answer first because, you know. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see if you remember. Well, so they have um, past Palum greens there, which I don't think I've ever putted on. Did you guys notice any difference? They converted them and they used to be Bermuda. And then yeah. I'm just looking at this article in 03 was the year they they converted them to past Palum just because it's more salt tolerant being there on the yeah. ocean. The past Palum is a... Is, Past palm is spongy and it's sticky. It's a it's a sticky grass. So chipping is a different kind of feel. And then putting, putting is fine. It rolls. It's 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 like it's almost like a real fine zoiza on the greens. It just the blade just sits sits up. So there's no grain. I mean, there are there is a little bit of green, but not 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 like not like some of you, some of your typical Bermudas in, in, on the. Uh, in the south southeast but it's a good grass i mean that was uh we i've played on that quite a bit um you know uh, down further south down like uh, mexico i know when i was down there playing central america and latin american pga a lot of a lot of courses had past palin it was a good grass just real sticky chipping and stuff too it was you know balls would if you hit I feel like the ball hit, reacts a little bit more on that than it does to a. Oh yeah, uh, like you got to know when you're into the grain and down grain. Like if you're hitting into the grain and, and past Palum, you it's like the ball will hit. Like you could hit a low line chip shot and it will hit and bounce straight up and stop. Yeah. Um, it, whereas in the opposite much. would happen down grain. You know, your ball would really skid off on you. So you just have to just have to pay attention to it. It's like a better poa. It, yeah. it, it's got a little bit yeah. of the chatter in it when it puts it doesn't necessarily roll like like you are when you're on a bent green or you know someone quite frankly some of that better bermuda that we see these days i mean you go to some mini verde or some good champion greens and you see a very pure roll these days but that going back to that pass pound it's a better version of poa realistically is the way i look at it, it, that is and, a great and like I said, it just when you put it you see that ball, it just wiggles just a hair. It's yeah. not that it's a bad service. It's not that it gets offline. It's just it not puts doubt, that, doubt in your mind. So that would also lead to Jay's right. take of it's not really going to come down to putting then because that no one really puts well on those kind of greens. Very few, I should say. There are guys on oh, tour. Tigers just, put well on. But McLean, were you saying you take bent over Bermuda, a good bent green over a good Bermuda green? I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm. I, it's just different. It's I've I've played I've played some some Bermuda greens that were oh gosh they were, it was like it was so easy oh. you just it, the ball just kind of glides on top of the of the grass whereas and people talk and about then, grain ain't no grain in some of these greens anymore oh if no. you get on if that you get on really good no if you get on really good Bermuda if you get on like mini the modern birdies, stuff. If you get yeah. on like this, the higher end mini birdie and some of the yeah. other, you know, but Chip Eagle, um, you, you get on some of this stuff and the ball, if, it, if it's, if it's manicured properly and they get, they really, you know, um, get rid of the grain and they verticut these things. Yeah. And they, I mean, the ball, it's literally like, it just glides on top. Like all you have to do is just get it started. Um, I, I, I love putting on really good Bermuda. I mean, obviously but the answer's been. But I love putting on really good. If bent you too. go, I mean, look, if you go into the climates where bent can be grown properly, you go up into the North Carolina mountains in the summertime yeah. um, and you put on bent grass up there. Similar with if you go up into the northeast and some of those properties and you hang out um, with those great people up there in the northeast, they got great greens. Sorry, if yeah. you go up into the the northern Midwest, like Michigan, Thank over you. there where people are actually decent human beings, um, <laughs> you get some great bent up there. Oakland I, Hills, fantastic bent. I I, I love the I love 
people in the Northeast. I don't know where no, I, why I do we even got on this because I've got we've got great friends up in and in, no, in New I'm York. Really, I mean, and they're I you're right, too. Mikey. They they're just straight up. They're honest, and you you love it. It's funny to me. It's funny, and it's it's like I, I mean, I laugh at Mikey all the time when he says his little spiel. I think it's great. <laughs> he, he'll go a little Peter Griffin on you sometimes. Yeah, you know what really grinds my gears. <laughs> Fucking chaps my ass. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to do picks? Well, let's. So, before we do picks, is anyone taking DJ? I don't think so. What is going on with him? Like, so when we first started this podcast a few months ago, we had a discussion. And I think I even brought it up. Was man, this guy was on a tiger esque run. He was finishing top five. He had like three or four wins worldwide. It was like unbelievable. Since then. Maybe I'm a jinx. I, I think maybe one, I think Riviera, he finished top 15. And that was beginning of February. He has not finished in the top 15 since. He WD'd last week. He was supposed to be in the field of Byron Nelson with a, with a, a knee problem now, which no one really knows what What's it was going? from. Is it golf related? Is it is it jumping off of boats? You see him and Paulina uh, going on these crazy vacations, doing backflips. Is it the cocaine acting up, affecting his <laughs> joints? I don't know what, what it does. Um I think it might just be hit like his his um his personality, his demeanor. Cause like Tiger, Tiger set a bar that you know no one can really live up to, right? Like to win at that clip. And we were talking about earlier, right? Like a guy in his first win and that that kind of hangover, you know, like Tiger could just that was that was his focus and he could do it in a different, you know, realm, right? Uh Michael Jordan was that way, Mike Tyson was that way. Um Maybe DJ is one of those guys, and, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not, you know, a student of his career, but like, you know, he maybe he wins in these bunches, right? He kind of has this this hit, and then he kind of has a little yeah. bit of a. He goes home and he kind of decompresses, and he's yeah still playing, but maybe he's not as engaged. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just probably yeah. But no, you're, I think you're right. Personality, yeah, his personality would suit that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But as, but at the same time, Mikey, it could be. A lot more than that. What's what's the what's the true story behind his knee? You're, you're probably right, Tom, because I think I Tiger did spoil us, and I think that's what Rory's under the the Tiger effect, right? I think Rory's kind of a streaky player. We talked a little bit about this last week, and we've seen it with DJ. I mean, held DJ at uh, I don't know if it was Memorial or Workday because it was at Muirfield Village last last summer. They hosted back to back events. I can't remember which tournament it was, but he shot like seventy nine eighty. And then all of a sudden goes on this tear that starts like a month later. So he can snap out of it pretty damn fast. And I remember hearing some comments about Justin Thomas that had played with him. I think it was at Memorial saying just like, wow, I've never seen DJ hit the ball so bad and be so like lost on the golf course. And then he he tears this thing off. So he, it just yeah. could be who he is. And we may be putting up to too high, high standards. But yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know. I th- you're, you're right. I think we were a little spoiled with with tiger because i mean he was doing things that were incredible but like to call dustin johnson streaky he's won a he's won a pga tour event every single year that he's been on tour like is that is that streaky i mean i don't know you're probably right i mean one of the most consistent winners winners on tour so winning is important in the last 15 years so winning is important yeah well of course okay. it is. I mean, that's right. one of the elements. That's one of the elements. Let's make yeah. sure Tony Finau's listening. 
Yeah, but well, also- I mean, there's, that's <laughs> one of the elements. Tony's got other elements that are consistent, but to call him, I don't think he's streaky. And same thing with Rory McIlroy. I mean, the 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 guy's always in contention. I mean, he has like a six month span where he doesn't finish in the top five every week. And now we're like, Oh, he's so streaky. Like, I don't know. I mean, the guys, he's incredible. I mean, these you're talking about the best players, top five. If you were to name the top five best players on the planet, those, both of those guys would be in the list. Yeah, absolutely. So well, to say that they're streaky, streaky is the guy that, that wins an event and misses six cuts in a row and then, you know, finishes top 15 and then misses six cuts in a row. That's streaky. Uh, I don't think these guys are streaky. I I think you make a good point. I mean, I think Bryson DeChambeau is more streaky than any of those guys. What's that? Did we say streaky? Streaky. Did you just say streaky? I asked the question. Is he like streaky? Look, the problem is the better you play, the less frequently that you win or contend, people start calling you streaky. It's like when yeah. Tiger would finish 25th and they would say, oh, he's in a slump. Yeah, that's a great point. If somebody says you're streaky, that means you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> right? In, the, you're I mean, in the conversation. Right? Yeah. You're in the conversation. I think it's tough to say that, you know, a guy's streaky when you've won every year like Jay, like Jay mentioned. I think it's one of those situations where the expectation for Dustin has gotten so high that yeah. when he's not winning golf tournaments in you know a short order, uh, it starts to yeah. raise media red flags. I mean, yeah. far be it for the media to overreact. Sure doesn't sound like them. Um, <laughs> but you know, if we're going back to it, I think the expectation for Justin has gotten so big that that's maybe where that come that comes from. I think it's totally unfair. I don't think it's just at all. I think again, just going back to that tiger analogy and, and you know, I'm not trying to say, you know, it's the exact same apples to apples conversation, but at the same time, you know, guys would say, you know, tiger would miss one cut all year and finish top 10 to top 25 for four events in a row. And people are going, Oh, Tiger, Tiger's not, Tiger's not playing well. He's in a little bit of a slump and you're sitting there going it, for anyone else. He's yeah. putting together a heck of a, a heck of a run. He's had four top 25s for anyone else. That that's a great couple of events. And realistically, yeah. Tiger was human. He wasn't able to win every single golf tournament. He's the closest thing we've seen to non-human with a golf club. But you know, at the same time, you know, just getting back to it. I think it's unfair for the media to spin these expectations into something of a negative for a guy that quite frankly is not really all that far off yeah yeah i hear you all right let's let's go into picks um for the record in case everyone's wondering which they are i won again (laughs) i I don't know how many i won by a point one point I i literally got my calculator out i was like this doesn't add up but you somehow won i won by one point it was the most action I had on Sunday because the golf tournament was a foregone conclusion. So I'm literally trying to watch you guys this match to figure out <laughs> how this was going to fall out. <laughs> it was closer than the tournament was. <laughs> it, very much so. And you know, NBC should have, Jim Nance should have checked in on that. Yeah, us. we should have got like a picture in picture on the leaderboard of ours. Um, hey, Jim yeah. Nance, I know you're a big, I know you're a big fan of the show. It, so wasn't it on the bottom line? Could have sworn it was. Yeah, it should have been. So, um, I think champions go first, so I'm going to go first. How about that? I don't know how many weeks in a row this is, but 
you know, it's 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 kind of like a Boston esque sports it's dynasty. Kind of, I'm starting you know, now. It is, oh it's my a, gosh! I just don't know who you were in a previous life, but you're being repaid now. Uh, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, so I'm gonna start at the top. I picked him last week. I picked him a few times. He's one of my boys, breast milk included. Ten thousand one hundred dollars. Jordan Spieth. He needs it for the PG. He needs a PGA for the Grand Slam. Glad you picked him because he's going to miss the cut. I don't miss the cut. I got a hundred on it. You want some of that, Mikey? But, but you, I'll give you one chance to change your pick right now. No, I'm fucking. I'll, let's put money on it. I'll, he makes the cut. What do we put? I'll, I'll put money on that. Absolutely. You got to give me odds. <laughs> oh, well, now me. all of a sudden you you just a second I mean, ago. He's, he's a top ten player in the world, and I'm 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 making the claim that he's going to miss the cut. You're making the claim that he's going to play good. I think odds are in my favor that. He or your odds are in your favor that he does make the cut. So you give me right, odds. We'll, we'll take, take we'll we'll take that bickering offline. All right, ten to one. Uh, we'll see what the odds are. We'll pull those up. Ten to one. Ten to one. Odds. I'll give. You I'll, got, you got, I'll put you a ten dollar bet on it. You got so, Spieth. I got Spieth. Then I go down to Cam Smith. Been playing really well. I think this is the kind of golf course that he can you know playing in the wind. Growing up in his Australia, mullet, his mullet's gonna look amazing. And it, I mean, he's got the the best yeah. hair on tour. So. Uh, he's a winner, kind of quasi winner this year in the two man event. I don't know if you count that, but so he's been playing well this year. He he plays well. It seems like in majors, tough conditions. So Cam Smith, I'm going to skip over my next guy for a second. Then I'm going down to I'm taking Sam Burns. Yeah, I mean I, he's just been playing too well. He's been I playing agree. too well. I don't care if it's the ball at high that, at that price tag at seventy five hundred dollars on DraftKings. That's yeah. a that's a steal. I then I'm going with another ball striker. Or he misses the cut. I bet it's like one or the other. All right. Well, you know what? Go fuck yourself, and I'll critique your <laughs> picks when you go. But, he, no, but he's one of the longest long. guys on tour. I mean, yeah, he hits it longest train smoke. He'll be fine. Um, then I'm going Corey Connors, another ball striker. I think this is going to lead to, like Jay was talking, can you drive it off the tee? Can you hit some greens? Then for a bargain basement pick, I'm going Cameron Davis. I'm playing well this year. Again, another Aussie. Can control the ball in the wind, play those kind of sand-based golf courses like you see in Australia. And then I'm going back up to my winner, right? I'm going to call this guy. He is going to win. He is going to break through. Just had a good weekend. This man, look at, listen to these stats. Um, wait a minute. Where are my stats? Here we go. He is in the top 20 in total driving. Greens and reg, strokes gain putting, adjust, adjusted scoring, par three scoring, par four scoring, par five scoring, bogey avoidance, and all around. Daniel Berger wins the PGA Championship this week. Great pick. Did Great we just did we just like look at the same? Did we pick the same lineup? I don't know. You seem to not like my lineup. Uh, no, I, I. What do you mean? The lineup is great. Okay, you go. All right, I. Uh, I mean, it's almost the same, the same setup here, but yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of similarities, similarities. I'm going with Daniel Berger at 8,700, you know, again, he's been playing well. Also a steal on <laughs> everything games. that you said for that price tag and what he's doing. Great. Sam, uh, uh Sam Burns, uh, 7,500, Sam Burns at 7,500 is, is an incredible pick based on the way he's playing, the confidence that he's playing with, uh, hits it long. Uh, great, great ball striker. Uh, and I'll, that drops me down to the next player. That's a great ball striker drives it. One of the best drivers at the golf ball. One of the best iron players on tour 
Corey Connors, 7,600. And then I will uh, slough down to Joaquin Neiman, who has not played overly great, but he has played well as of late. You like how I did that. But no one, no one even comes. Oh, that was great. That was I awesome. loved it. Yeah, we're all <laughs> problem that. That was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. He he um, finished 18th last week and then eighth at the Valspar. Um, and it, it, the guy's playing solid. I mean, let's and he was playing well at like you know January yeah. February. He played well too. He, he, he uh, honestly, he's only played since the Sony early in the year. Uh, uh, Century of Champions. He's been a second, second. Then Genesis finished 43rd, which is his worst finish of the year. Then 28th, 29th at the players, the Honda 25th, the Masters, he finished 40th, and then 8th and 18th. So the guy's playing well at 7,800 bucks. He's he's playing well. He's a great ball striker. He hits it low. I feel like he's got supreme control over his ball. I I, I I'm putting a I'm a top 15, maybe top 10 finish. Um, and then I'm going with Will Zalatoris. I like the guy. He's been playing well. He had the bad bad finish at the Wells Fargo, but that was right after he, you know, announced that he was getting getting married. Um, so that'll that'll mess you up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Don't get and married. Then, folks, we're trying to say. I mean, I'm I'm fifth, almost 15 years happily married, so I'm I'm not saying that, but it, it's you got to make an it's a little bit of an adjustment. Um, and then I'm finishing up with uh, Xander Shoffley at 9600. This is a weird pick for me. But I love that pick. He's one of my favorite guys out there. He's just, due at some point to break through. He's just such a tough dude. He's just so tough. I just feel like when the, when when the conditions are really bad and they're really tough, I feel like he plays well. So I'm I'm predicting a top ten from from Xander, if not a win. So that's that's the lineup. Um, I'm actually super happy about it. And if anybody wants to put extra cash on this, I'll do it. <laughs> as you were talking i just put 50 bucks on daniel Berger to win the whole thing <laughs> nice don't tell my wife because if he wins i want to keep it i mean what are the odds uh, we don't have to worry about her hearing it on here no she doesn't listen to this thing it's a, a plus three thousand mm. all right yeah. so i'll give you my picks i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with the low dollar 7100 one of my favorites Always happy to put him on my squad. Ryan Palmer. You don't have him this week. Oh, man. <laughs> don't have him this week. Even though I actually like him this week. I may need to go back and find him. Um, but I went with uh, old top heavy bullfrog. Seventy one hundred. Gotta love Make what sure he's, he's got some milk. Milk lover. <laughs> milk lover. That's it. Um moving up from there, I went with the uh European contingent with Matt Wallace at 7,400 and Lee Westwood at 7,400. Wow. I like this. Matt Wallace, one, has been playing fantastic when he's been over here playing on U.S. soil. Lee Westwood? Uh, What's he been doing? Hold hold on there, pro. I'm still on Matt Wallace here. (laughs) Um, I really like Europeans when it comes to playing at the ocean course. It's going to be one of the most European golf courses on the uh, U.S. continent. Um, on it's good point. Continent. That's a good point. So, so I would like those guys that are used to playing and win, used to flighting it down. Um, Lee Westwood, obviously he had some big success earlier this year. Guy who's not afraid to play in a uh, major championship and play well in a major championship. I think he's just been playing really well. I think he's not going to be threatened by 
the ocean course. He's not going to be threatened by the other players in the field. I think he's going to go about his way, make the cut, and possibly contend at the uh, end of the week. Moving up from there, I actually redid my entire lineup after hearing you guys. So this is brand new. This is where it starts over. Uh, but I really like where it, it changed around for me. Moving here, 7,900. Abraham answer. When we talk about an all-around player, he's not the longest guy. That's probably the only thing you could say negative about him this week. But a guy that is not scared to play a championship golf course well. Finished second uh, by himself at the Wells Fargo. Uh, Before that, the Valspar finished fifth. 18th at the Heritage, 26th at the Masters, 23rd at the Valero, 22nd at the Players, 19th at the Workday. Uh, Missed the cut at the Genesis and didn't play well at Salty. Fifth at the Amex, 17th at the Tournament of Champions, Mayakoba 12th, Masters 13th. I mean, the guy has been in contention a lot. Um, I think he's another guy that's going to go out there. And when we talk about short game, he oh, he me, can he chip his ass off. It's short games I've ever seen him with a wedge. Mikey, you're exactly correct. Oh, I get a rouse watching him with a wedge. It's amazing. Oh my goodness. It's unbelievable. So you talk about, I get a little a dancer in my pants when I watch him around the greens. <laughs> that, you know, we're not, we might be taking it a step farther, <laughs> but you know, get in where you fit in. I'm, I'm all about, you know, equality and inclusion <laughs> these days. So fantastic. Um, moving on from there, uh, this is where I had to change it up. I think you guys are right. And I had to do it because you can't win if you don't have the winner. That is what it is. And I think a guy who's right going to be right there is you guys are 100% correct. Daniel Berger at 8,700. Um, you, I just think you got his, I like how he hits that trap draw as good as anyone on tour. He can flight it low. He can play in the wind. Um, I, he's not the greatest putter, but he, when he, when he wins, he gets a little streaky with that putter at times. I think these are grains where you don't have to have quite as much confidence when you see a couple bump in there because of that pass palum. Um, but even moving from there, again, my next pick is the guy that if you don't have, you just can't win because I, I truly think he, he he wins and goes back to back, and I think it's going to be Roy McIlroy. You, wow. got, you fit Roy McIlroy in your lineup? Absolutely. Had to. Yes. The guy's going to win. I, yeah, I, I, you don't, are gonna... I don't see it any other way. He's He won there last time. Uh, he's <sighs> he's in form. He is in form. And again, he I really wanted to pick the, him. I couldn't fit in my budget. He may be the most complete player on the tour. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. Stop. Before we go to you, Tom, tell me tell me your picks without going into any detail. Then just give me picks and the, and the price tag. I think people want to hear how you fit Rory in there. Rory McIlroy at 11.5, Daniel Berger at 87, Abe Answer at 79, Matt Wallace 74, Lee Westwood 74, and Co-Crack 71. Wow. That's great. I wanted to put – before you even said Rory at the end, I wanted to be like – you. you I want, you said Daniel Berger. I'm like, well, Rory's going to win, but I couldn't fit him in. That's yeah, no, but like I think Daniel Berger's right there. You're 100%. The guy is due. His game does bode well for a course like this. He hits but it enough. But Rory's going to win. 100%, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, let's it's, be honest. If The only argument would be if DJ was in tip-top form. Yeah. Or Brooksy was in tip-top form. Both knee are, injuries. I just, I don't. I, what's what's Justin Thomas doing right now? What what I mean, what's going on with him? He's he, he's he up 100% there. One hundred percent win. He's he up there. Absolutely, the way he works the ball, he's up there. Yeah, yeah, he could absolutely. But win he's a high ball hitter, man. He throws it up there. That's 
what he that's what he that's yeah what he, but he can hit it low man he hit some he really can do low balls he wants with the golf ball at, the kid, the players the he can hit some low toe hooks i know he can do that because i saw that on 18 at the at the players and it worked out for him but what, all right, what, Tom. What, what do you got? Great, great, great picks there. Good McLean. picks. I'm, I'm a little jealous that you fit Rory in there at eleven five, the highest price guy on on the list. I, I couldn't do it. I, but you're awesome. Uh, I, I had to. It was I, I, I picked him first actually, and I said we have to, we have to get him in because he's going to win the golf tournament. And like I said, you can't win if you don't have him. Yeah. Good kudos to you. Good job. All right, Tommy. So I, I'm just looking at my guys right now. I don't think any of them are going to win, but I think we're we're going to have a lot of good finishes. You don't have today. to have the winner. You just, if you have all six of them in the top oh. twenty, you're good, man. And that's really fun, isn't it? We. Uh, I got Justin Rose because I think he he just he's an ace. If the weather gets kind of crummy, I think he'll finish top fifteen. Patrick Reed because um, he just he's kind of an asshole and. Again, you know, depending on the weather, you know, he likes that stuff. Uh, I'm from the northeast. Pick, I did pick from the Sam, south. I picked Sam Burns. Um, again, like we were talking earlier, I think he he just he's a different breed. He doesn't get that hangover because he expects to be in this uh, this this position. Paul Casey, just a veteran. You know, I, I think he he'll again. He's I don't think Paul's going to win, but I think he'll play well. Victor Hovland. Just because I don't, just I don't know why. It's um, a good pick. And then, yeah. Wait, do I have any? Yeah, he, a lot of people think he's going to play well. The, yeah, the, thing play that, well. the thing that scared me with Victor was the chipping, uh, just the chipping issues. But you know, he he is he's one of the best tee to green guys out there, which again was was a big big portion of it. So, you know who not many people are talking about before we wrap this up? John Rom. He's yeah. due, he's due for one. He's had a good year. Just no one talks about him ever. It's always Dustin, Rory, Justin, Jordan. He's Spieth. never won a major. Never won a major. What, That's what, kind of been the trend recently. We've had a lot of first-time winners. What's his major? What's John Rahm's major if he's going to win one? Where is it? I mean, it's not necessarily where, but which one? I think Augusta's is probably his. Hmm. Yeah. I would say his, his top. The British, the weather messes with him too much, right? I would think if I would think if he were to win one, it would be a British. Could be just with that, just with that European flair and just knowing that style. Although the Spaniards, it's a, it's not really the European, the European uh, that that style of golf is not really what they're accustomed to. It's yeah, a, not UK kind of. Yeah. But, other than other than Seve, but he was just. But I mean, we could do, talking, we could do a whole great. You're talking about one of the greatest European golfers of all time, man. Just, as good as John Rahm is, I mean, he's not he's not there yet. No, <laughs> I mean, you're, no, you're right. Though. You're he's right. not even on Sergio Garcia's level. Agreed. Agreed. You know? I mean, Correct. he he well, has well, the potential on, to do it. That's almost that's almost rude to Sergio. Sergio has an incredible career. Doesn't he? Though that's a great point. An incredible career. John Rom's not even in the same breath as Sergio. John Rom's a hell of a player and one of the top players right now. Yeah, that's what but, that's what but, we said. That's what we said. He's not on their level yet. But he's not even I in think this Sergio, conversation. I think, I think yeah, that's what I mean. He's now. not even close to those two guys. I mean, those are the in terms of the Spaniards. That this, he's not he's not on that level yet. Where would you put Sergio 
drivers of the golf ball. Uh, the best of all time. You think you say number one? Yeah, I think I think well, if you go back and look at statistically, it's uh, in yeah. strokes gained since they started doing strokes gained in the mid two thousands. I'm pretty sure he is is one of the top ten guys strokes gained in terms of distance and accuracy. Strokes gained tee to green. He's one of the best. I mean, I mean, there's a reason that he is always in the hunt, and he is a play. he is a very <laughs> below average putter. He was a great fearless putter early in his career, but when he started experimenting with a lot of different grips and all kinds of stuff, you you know my take on on the funny grips with putting. I just I don't I'm not a fan of it. I understand that some guys have to do it, and and I, that's fine. I get it. You do whatever you got to do to make money. But when it comes down to it, like at the end, at end of a tournament and a major, and you've got three holes left and you need to make, you know, four four-footers or four five-footers to win to win a uh, major, I don't, I don't want to rely on the guy who's got the weird pencil grip with the thing. You got, you know, you've got no feel. Like, okay, I got to make this. He went, to that, he went to that grip for a reason, remember? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like we talk about Tim Clark, you know, he went to, the, he went to that weird grip with the – you know, whatever he was doing, he went to that for a reason because he, he couldn't putt with a regular conventional grip because the feel wasn't there. And I, I'm not, I understand that guys go through that. I'm no different. I have my own flaws and you have to, you have to adjust to what, you know, what you have, but when it comes down to it, you know, some guys are free enough to putt conventionally and they, they've got more feel and they're going to make more putts. I mean, but like back where we we're saying that one of the best drivers of golf ball ever. One of the best ball strikers. Ball strikers. Of never his generation never without question. His iron play and short game is almost equally as phenomenal as Nicholas, his driving is. I'm going Nicholas driving the golf ball. Nicholas, Norman, Sergio. It's my three. That that's I can Tiger, totally get Tiger in his prime. You know Tiger's you know, but. Well, those three are judged totally different on their driving. That's basing their driving abilities off of pure accuracy. I mean, it's a well, I should say it's more with Norman. You could argue it was a combination. Yeah, of he hit it pretty far. Distance. Yeah, you're right with a combination of distance. But the game that they were playing was totally different than the modern bomb and gouge game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but this guy's been hit like when we talked about last week, Rory won hitting 30% of his fairways. You know, Greg Norman. Hit it, hit it forty yards by the next guy, and hit seventy percent. It's fair. Yeah, I always yeah, put Norman in my number rough. one driver of the ball. Just, yeah, I, with deeper rough. Yeah. His swing was so vertical; it was tough to get it offline. I feel like. Yeah, Greg must have been a terrible like wedge player and putter then, if he was beating everybody that much. You no, know, he played a bad golf ball. It's part of his problem. Oh, that max fly ball that was awful. Anything, man. God, if he had played a pro v one, dude would have won every week. Every week. Just by default. Yeah. Hey, he, he figured out how to sell clothes and wine and sat back on a beach and laughed. I think, I think it all worked out for Greg. He I think it all won. worked out for Greg. Have you yeah. seen he's got like when you have a bust of your own head that's the size of a <laughs> Volkswagen on your back patio? Like either. Well, I, I mean, there's I a lot of things you could say about that. But yeah, okay. Good point. Yeah. Um, but all right, guys, that was fun. I, I failed. I didn't get drunk tonight, but got a good buzz on so let's uh you know i said i was gonna get drunk last week and i just didn't but that was a fun show hopefully our listeners enjoyed it took a little something everyone go bet daniel Berger because he's gonna win the thing 
And uh, we'll see you next week to react to the second major of the year, the PGA Championship at Kiowa. Enjoy it. Like, follow, subscribe, listen, download, share, tell everyone. And uh, we hope to uh, be chatting again next week. Have a good night, guys. Take care, guys.